Thunder, 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 Thundercats, ho! Welcome back, Kitty Cat fans, for a new episode of Thundercats Reviews, brought to you by the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, here with everyone's favorite brother and mine, David. Ho, ready! We are so ready, David, because we are nearing the end of season one, finally. We have two more, counting this one, bunglers. So next month is our grand finale. Finally, 65 (laughs) episodes. It's a lot of episodes. It really is. When you look at 65, it's like, damn, we really, we went through them. (laughs) Just remember that when there's a resurgence, when they do the finally do that Thundercats movie, and y'all are like, oh, Thundercats are so cool. Let me start a podcast. It's been done. Other thing, David, is we have some Thundercats news today before we get into today's episode. So, David, a new Thundercats comic is coming out. Dynamite reveals new details surrounding Thundercats coming February of 2024. The editor writes, These are the Thundercats you know, but the story is not going where you expect. It's a mystery wrapped in a sci-fi and magic, starring a stubborn group of survivors from a destroyed planet, desperate to survive but survival is only the beginning. They mentioned that Thundercats is such a juggernaut, beloved franchise from multiple generations. We're putting all our force behind this to provide readers with a thrilling narrative, both injecting a new approach for a new era, as well as appealing to fans who have been with these characters for nearly 40 years. Hey, listen, we're not 40 yet. Hmm. Us 85 babies, don't be putting us in there yet. The Thundercats mythos is fierce feline warriors from the planet Thundera. It was created by Ted Wolf with their beloved homeworld in its death throes. They must flee to find a new home, but are attacked by the mutants of Plundar, diverting them to Third Earth. Of course, they meet the ancient mummy Mumra, and it says, expect to see elements and characters in the new comic that you love, but also a little change. So David, this seems like it's a rebound. What do you think about rebooting Thundercats in comic form this time? I mean, I think it's a medium that would, you know, suit it. I think that I per se am not a comic book person. You know what I mean? Like I don't read comics typically. Not that I have anything against them, but there's a lot. There's a sub subculture. Yeah, subculture. Yes, that is out there. I mean, you've touched upon that with obviously with Charmed and other things. So yeah, I think it's great. I mean, and it's also obviously where we've gotten things from the Marvel Universe and DC started as comics and then it, you know, progressed. So I think it's great. It would be interesting to see the the new form of what they're going to do. I just, I'm wondering, but though, are they going to put like, instead of Cheetar, it's going to be Cheetah Man or something? Like, we're going <laughs> to... We're gonna do. We're gonna gender swap. Or the sort of omen's gonna be used by anybody. That could be the thing. But this actually, we do have our characters. They all have pants on this time, so no more, no more thighs. Is that the big change? That and we noticed actually, lovely Leah, who supplies us with the audios. Thank you, Leah. She pointed out Tigra has a mustache now. So I guess Tigra is really the matri, the matriarch. He's the next in line from Jaga, or. 
maybe they just wanted to separate him a little more by giving him that mustache. No, he he's he's fulfilling his 1970s 80s gay male fantasy mustache YMCA <laughs> village people thing. He's doing the village people look. Well, hey, he's no longer the the cat. He's the he's the muscle guy. He's the Tom of Finland dude. David, we will keep our viewers up to date with any news of this come February when we're back into season two. If we have any more information, we will bring it up. Maybe we'll even get to read the first one and we'll give you our opinion of it or something like that. It seems like it's going to reboot the story, but modernize it. So fingers crossed. And here's to another generation of Thundercats fans. Okay, David, let's get into today's double episodes. Episode 62 of Season 1, with the original air date of December 17th, 1985, The Trouble with Thunder Kittens. In an effort to prove them worthy of being Thundercats, the Thunder Kittens borrow the other Thundercats' weapons and practice with them. Now, David, let me just say, I feel like this is going to be another Snarf episode, and you are going to be angry! (laughs) Why did he go into the sword chamber? Why? Why did the kittens go into the sword chamber? <laughs> so that's where we start. That's where we start. So I'm going to be more kinder and gentler this time around. Only because, okay, so you're, you basically, the synopsis basically is the Thundercats, a uh, majority of the Thundercats, including Snarf, are up in the feliner doing something. They're always out in the feliner lately. The kittens, the kittens and Lionel are left at the lair. First of all, uh, have you noticed that they, the Thunder Kittens like to do this a lot? They like to like stalk people with cloaks on. This is why I'm wearing this cloak today. They are. <laughs> David is wearing a cloak. He is ready to steal some weapons like the Thunder I got a Kings. green cloak on. I got a green cloak with a hoodie and everything on it. Because Lionel in the beginning says, I feel like I'm being watched. But it's like, eh. Like, doesn't yeah, think that's... anything of it. But, well, someone's watching me. Probably Mumra through the screen. Who cares? You know, whatever. <laughs> Give him a good show, Lionel. Yeah. Spread those likes. <laughs> you want more? Well, I'll give you more. <laughs> Strange. I get the feeling someone's watching me. sure this is such a great idea oh wily kit i don't want to be treated like a kitten all my life neither do i but if we show them we can use these they'll have to treat us like grown-up cats come on i know a place we can practice and again forgive all of our fans and people that follow us they never really really as far as i know and it might be in text someplace they never explain why the thunder kittens didn't age and i'm i always struggle with is this their breed of cat is there are they just small and they're considered kittens because of their size or is the mentality because the mentality is there of kids but they're also very cunning and obviously like to you know sneak around and stuff like that but which is like curiosity killed the cat i guess in this instance but because they like they they basically say well as they're stealing not borrowing stealing all the uh, the thundercats <laughs> weapons they're never going to treat us like thundercats like you said like a full yeah. grown adult if we don't prove to them that we can do it so this is an anomaly for me because I'm wondering are they just little people are they micro are they micro kittens like yeah <laughs> or maybe the they're micro a micro kittens 
China? Is it a certain breed? Or, or are they really just young and they... Yeah, like, I don't get it. Like, you know, Lionel aged, but his mentality, but his body aged where he grew up and got taller and bigger and stronger and all of that. That didn't happen with, with the kids. And we I did know. mention that in one episode as well. Even though his capsule made of, might have been damaged, they still kind of, I think, aged a little because they mentioned even with the suspension capsules that Jaga wouldn't have made it, right? So I think there should have been some kind of aging, maybe slow down process, but I will will say, David, I don't know if this is canon or official anymore. In the late 90s, they did make a short-lived comic sequel called Dogs of War, where these dogs attack the Thundercats. And it was a future. Lionel had a long beard, and Wiley Kit and Wiley Cat were adults. Again, I mean, this was completely different writers. I don't know if it was just an interpretation. But yes, we don't know why they're, they're forever kittens. They're lost in time. We get them in the field, right? And they're trying at the weapon. But I gotta tell you, Wiley Kit is pretty darn good. She was spinning Chitara's staff. And by the way, aren't you sad that some gold coins didn't fall out when she was spinning that staff? Like, oh, oh my God, what is this? She's like, what is this beacon on top of her staff? It, it's for, is it from Vondrillion? For, for no, no, it's that she can find gold. Click, 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 click. She's got a metal detector. <laughs> So they're like, she's using the staff. Wily Cat is trying to use Tiger's whip, David, which to me, I thought his weapon was because it was mythical for him. So it makes sense that his invisibility wouldn't work on Wily Cat. I'm going to go out and co- create a fantastical story about this. I feel like Tiger being able to come invisible by the use of the whip is not from the whip. It's it's a combination of the whip and his mental powers that he can shield himself and make himself invisible. Say no more about my powers. I can't the, use them. I can never again. use ever again. Never that's again. why he can't use them. He can't save up any of that energy because he's. That's what he goes invisible with. Practice makes perfect. <laughs> now you see me. Now you don't. Uh, now you don't. Now you. Oh, what's the use? They're performing, right? So they're trying to do all different things with the nunchucks, with the whip. She gets the staff, which I'm kind of like, is she doing this because she idolizes Chitara and she wants to be like her? Or the writers just be like, you mean like you? That's if I could. <laughs> if only I could live up to that. But did they give her the staff because it's a quote unquote the female's weapon? I think it's maybe ad- admiration. She wants to be like Chitara. <laughs> or she just wants to be like Grace Jones. Oh. A fierce warrior. Check our Conan the De- the Destroyer review from last summer at uh, Bunglers. So they get attacked by the mutants while this is happening. I gotta say, they did pretty good. They were able to put up a well, decent enough fight with the, first with the of weapons. All, first of all, when they used the Bolo weapon, he created like that crystal frozen cage. Yes. Instead of dropping down as it was disintegrating, he's climbing higher up to get higher. Like Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah, it was like silly. But anyway, they were doing quite well for what it was. And I think if in time, if they had more time to practice, they would do better with it. But of course, magically, the mutants are just sitting in in the shadows waiting. Uh, I mean, I, I would have better things to do. Maybe do some laundry. Maybe clean up some of those skulls in the closet. Oh, and we... <laughs> We see more later. 
maybe gather some more brute men to help you build some extra stuff as opposed to just sitting outside Cat's Lair hoping that a Thundercat's going to come out. Or is it Monkey and Sources? According to my sources, the Thunder Kitten stole the weapons. You want to see a show? Get there at 10. The street's the place to go. Which I've done this before. I've sang this before in some other episode. I know it. But anyway. It comes up. It's Monkey and Sources. Yeah. According <laughs> to his sources. We see them escape, right? And this is when David, I would say th- they were the biggest bungler, right? I'm gonna put it out there already. I think this is when they failed. They could have told Lionel at this point, right? Because they get back to Cat's Lair. They're standing in front of the weapons chamber when Lionel comes upon them and says that, you know, they're supposed to be doing a weapons check and Panther takes it very seriously. By the way, Wily Cat's mouth goes so anime at one point in front of the door when she gets nervous and they do this like death Definitely anime smile. And they say, let us do it. The checklist for the weapons. If the Thundercats find out, they'll never trust us to do anything again. How could we have been so dumb? What are you two doing? Oh, uh, we, uh, nothing. Good. You can help me check out the weapons. No, I, I mean, well, why don't you let us do it for you? Okay, I'd appreciate that. Here's the checklist, and you better get it right, or Panthro will have our hides. There's only one thing we can do to get out of this mess. You mean? That's right. We'll just have to get those weapons back from Castle Plundar. This is when they could have told Lionel. I really wish they were this close and they had the opportunity because they end up telling him later anyway. No, their only decision is to, we got to get these weapons back. <laughs> they, but they did it out of desperation. You're right. But I think the, the, the time that they finally come to him is because it's out of sheer desperation because they know now that, ha ha ha, the cat's out of the bag and everyone's going to know that they screwed up and they did the wrong thing. To your point, yes, they should have told him sooner. And in all honesty, I really think that the kitten should have just told Panthro and everybody that they want more responsibility would they train them even if they started off yes this does show their immaturity because they could have said instead of having Chitara's you know staff they could have he could have made her one like a, a different one but like like made them something to they want to explore more but they are very talented with those pellets and the lariats yeah and they, they but they almost they almost imply that they really don't know which capsule do what all the time they said that actually you're right david they said he's like i don't know what this last one does it's like what is panther just randomly make a bunch of it's like this one this one's gonna blow up and kill somebody this one's gonna shoot bubbles at you this one's gonna just do nothing this one's gonna get it's it's fun for the luck of the draw right but to me knowing panther he would have labeled everything i think he would have put like a warning label on it but if this is if panther's making this we have no idea where the hell these pellets these capsules are made with ants Anthrax, throw them at your enemies. <laughs> but wash your hands afterwards, kittens. By the way, there's a dark spot. Did you notice on this episode? There's like a black dark smudge that must be on the print because it's on in the same exact area. You really notice it in the on top of the mutants at certain points. Did you also notice that in this episode and then the following and the so bumpers. on? The, yeah, that the, the welcome and, Thundercats. Yes, whatever. Yes, like that. and now back to the Thundercats. Can but these video was a script from Cartoon Network. Yeah, it's like the luck of the draw. There's like some have these bumpers attached to them. Like, where are they getting this film from, WB? Where are you getting this film from? <laughs> 
some kid who VHS taped them and they put them on to. It was Did Zach. you see that story about that woman who was Yes! Crazy, must have been. <laughs> that she recorded years and years and years on VHS tape. She actually made enough money to put it in several homes, all her collection. And now they're going to take this information and transfer it to digital and put it out there. That she was a firm believer in knowledge and but it was very interesting. Jenny Jones how- episodes? Not from the 90s? Is it? <laughs> Because I think she said in the 90s, right? The article said it was like throughout the 90s, I want to say. I think it was maybe, might have been sooner than that. But here's the thing. Some of our younger generation may want to look at some of these things because there's a lot of stuff that's lost in time that we don't realize that things are cyclical. Like, you know, things in war, for example, horrible things that are going on currently. This is a cyclical thing. And I feel like if you know about your past, maybe you're not going to be doomed to repeat it in the future. So maybe she was kooky. Yeah. I think so, but... Where did she get the tapes? That's all I cared about, oh, I, I thought she was amazing. Fuji, JVC, and a few of those companies that made made those VHS tests were like, yes! <laughs> She's keeping a single hand... You know, when, when they when they went to CDs and DVDs and everything, yeah. they were like, yes, yeah, she's still recording. She's still ordering 100,000 cassettes. You know what's crazy? I mean, we're so off topic, but I think our bunglers would appreciate that. Did you ever see, David, where the people get the VHS tapes in the, the thrift stores and their f- people's random family videos? Like, who is putting random... Was, I bought I bought o- unopened cassette tapes. Yes, you did! Uh, a were few years Sony? ago, right? They might have been Sony. I'm not sure. Yeah. They'll be back. Time capsule. Speak of that. So bottom line is the kittens took the weapons. The mutants basically saw their opportunity to attack. They did. They took the weapons. The Lender Kittens gave up a brave battle. They tried their best. But I honestly think because of the fact they were they were being cornered that they stumbled. Because when they were just doing a freestyle by yeah. themselves with no care in the world, they seemed to be more in control of what was going on. It was the f- even Slive kicks Wiley Kit's staff at one point, you know, the Chitara staff down while she's in air, and she still does pretty damn good landing with it. Yeah, I, I agree. So David, I agree. they end up going to Castle Plundar to try to get it back. That's a fail. They go through the window. They look in trunk. No screens to either. No screens. <laughs> to your point, Ryan, thank you for bringing it up. What I'm really upset about is that how come Castle Plundar has windows and the Thundercats cannot have windows? Is this some sort of thing where they want to be able to jump out the window in case? <laughs> Snarf is like, why is there always flies in my room? <laughs> you know, can't we get some screens? And you know they're like demonic flies from like the river of hell or whatever, you know. Mumra flies. So why did why did why do they get windows? And they have a door knocker. A door knocker, David. Why do they have windows and they don't have them in the cat's lair? This is this is this is unacceptable. We need They windows. also have a table, like a pool table that you peel it down and there's snakes and cobras underneath it. <laughs> like well, what are somebody's, they doing? I think that's somebody's bed. Was that a bed? That was like Slot sleep bed. numbers. <laughs> that was that was Lindsay Wagner's sleep numbers before oh it was God. before it was filled with air, was with snakes. Hi, I'm Lindsay Wagner. Now I'm just checking. How well did you sleep last night? Mm, that's what I thought. Did you wake up with back pain at all? I have a simple solution. It's the sleep number bed. You know I like the cobra, yes. <laughs> Push your head up into my back now, damn you. 
It feels like it feels like I'm being kissed, little tiny kisses all over my slithering butt. Although Slide slept on the floor apparently, unless he had a drunken bender that one time that you he see did. Like. I think he did. I think he did. By the way, there's a shot, and I wrote, "Um, Monkeyan is stroking." You had to have seen this. Yes. Yeah. He throws nunchucks, but the cell that they used was not even right. So it it was like a fist that was moving. He looked up like he was. Over he, the looked, he, he looked like he was masturbating the nunchucks. It stopped me dead in my tracks riding because it kept going and going he was like (laughs) maybe they did it on purpose ryan (laughs) lionel your time has come What does the Wikipedia say? In this episode, this very sensitive episode of Thundercats, Monkey discovers himself using nunchucks. <laughs> Thank God it's not mentioned in there. In a very <laughs> special episode of Thundercats, starring Meredith Baxter Burney, the voice of Meredith Baxter Burney, <laughs> a family tie. Hi, this is Meredith Baxter, and you've got to move on from your damage. So- <laughs> We get the, the the mattress of snakes, the closet of skulls, and at some point when they're not able to get the weapons, David, they go back to Cat's lair, and Wiley Kit, in her best Brooklyn accent, said, Law, you know, we did something really stupid. <laughs> and he's like, Wiley Kit, did you just come back from the Bronx? New York? Lionel. Hmm. We've done something really stupid. We have to tell you about it. Actually, this shows Lionel's heart, I think, because he is just like, let's go. Come on. Let's go before they get back. You know, that feliner, they're always out in there, but they're going to come back soon. But David, this could have been avoided. Wouldn't the Thundercats need their weapon if, God forbid, Mandora was chasing a space pirate and they hit the feliner and they need to get out? No, carry your weapon. To me, this would be normal. You leave the cat's lair, you take your weapons. Well, considering the landscape and what they have to go through on a daily basis yeah i would never i wouldn't even go to the bathroom without having a weapon because you never know mumra might just mumra might just appear in your mirror like any little bump in the bathroom they're ready to attack oh god oh and if it was me when your dog wakes you up at two o'clock in the morning you look in the mirror you're like i look like mumra right now my god well i am right now and i go oh, oh, my reflection oh, oh. and i crawl back up into my snuggie and disappear into oh, my crypt no your snake bed no your snake bed my tempurpedic snake bed sleep number so they go on again latoya's cash run of castle plundar did you find them no not yet keep looking They're raiding everything, like we said, the closets, the bed. They're going through everything, but then they come upon the mutants. And I also wrote mutant-like henchmen everywhere. So they're like, you see where they have like mutants. <laughs> now I want to know: these are not survivors from Plundar. I mean, they're not. They're not. Nothing happened to Plundar. They're not people from Plundar because they would, right? These are. I think they were on the flag mutant flagship. They were just kind of like I think workers. Yeah, these are the generic. These are the what do they call them? Star Trek the blue shirts or something like these are the cannon fodder mutants did you notice storm of omens caught a flame and it was like yes, a flame bolt on his sword which i thought was really cool i put 
flame ball stuck on the sword and then and then i put in my notes the mutants standing there like stupid playground bullies watching him try to like they're like ha ha like instead of attacking him they're like ha 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 now if i was if it was me i would have retracted the sword let the fireball fall off or i would have been try- like throw it or, too like that yeah. like keep like hitting it towards them like See, i actually did not remember this episode and i thought that, that what was going to happen is that the sword of Rome was going to get hot and he was going to drop it out Ooh. of his hand because it was heating up the sword but that didn't happen he's got a built-in oven mitt they try to break down a door with these mutants right and lion like leave us leave us wily kit leave us wily cat and they're like no we won't do it so he's like now <laughs> yeah but no <sighs> going you two what tricks have you got left i'm out of pellets i've got one left good what kind of capsule is it i don't know oh then let's hope we don't need it okay you two out I said, get out! We're not leaving! They bust down the door, he pulls them back, and this is when the attack happens. Lionel at this point calls the other Thundercats using the sword. Then that's when the mutant heat ball causes him to drop it. The Thunder Kittens are able to subdue the mutants first with a magic pellet, which causes a tidal wave, and then the other, which engulfs the mutant in laughing gas. And this is when we were mentioning earlier, David, that Wily Cat's like, I have one more pellet left, and they use it. But one of the favorite moments of this episode was Slythe holding the nunchucks in his feet on the floor. He's laughing and he's got the nunchucks in his feet, David. I also put Monkey in checking himself out in the mirror with the nunchucks. <laughs> Doing his best like, oh, I'm hot. Yeah, look at me. Oh, yeah, look at these when muscles. He's oh, look at these nunchucks. Them? When he's not stroking the chucks. <laughs> Why am I thinking of Hocus Pocus when they're like, they're like the guys the guys that are in the cages think they're gonna get cut and he's like Chong man Chong or whatever <laughs> they're hanging up in the in the Sanderson's house so they call the Thundercats but it turns out that they're able to get with the laughing gas Lionel walks over to Jackalman laughing and he's just like grabbing Chitara's staff with a smile and then Jackalman's just like oh yeah take it <laughs> they take it from his feet Slide's feet and they get the whip the bolo whip back they end up returning in time well lino tells them to go ahead and go yes what so this is i wrote down lion covering for the the kittens giving me cool uncle or older brother vibe which was really nice i i really did like that but at the same time with the ending he still gives them a little like we're gonna have a lesson over this go on if you hurry you can beat them back to the lair but lionel for once would you please do as i say thanks lionel they land and i think i would have at least said that i had an attack because they're like you had us rush down from space you made us pass the fast food joint we were gonna get some base burgers from mandora and we had to run home for you and snarf's like lionel this is not a joke and chitara is like i was watching an asteroid made of gold lionel gold <laughs> she was because in the next episode she said something too about i want to map some kind of star system she is looking for something gold we get the wrap up david the ha 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 moment panthros says because things have been so quiet lately and the thunder kittens have been so bored that he's gonna take them out and 
and let them play with his nunchucks a little. And they were like, oh no, to me, I don't know, because this makes it seem like, no, that they don't want to, right? Well, because they it's that old cliche, I've had enough, like I learned my lesson. So I would just would have been like, oh, it's Panther, we're so tired, we were cleaning the lair all day, and give us a week. But Lionel says, well, they are going to have an important lesson in weapon safety tomorrow. Thunder, thunder, cats! <laughs> Where were you two when Lino needed you? Yes. Oh, they were doing something for me in the weapons room. And you know how well that's insulated. Not even the Thundercat symbol can penetrate that. What's the matter with you two? Well, uh, uh, you see, while you were gone, we... Uh, we're bored to tears. They're just mad they missed the big adventure. I guess things have been dull for you two lately. Tell you what, how about tomorrow we have a lesson with the nunchucks? There's a clearing in the woods where... No! no! Uh, that is, uh, thanks, but, uh, no thanks. They mean they have a lot to do tomorrow. Oh? First, they have to finish their work in the weapons room. Then, I promise them a lecture. A lecture on what? Oh, I don't know. Maybe weapon safety. But Snarf David ain't buying it. Did you notice? He's looking back no. and forth. He's like, what kind of crap is going on here? He knows his Thunder Kittens and his and his love, Lionel, his child, Lionel. Yep. So, David, I thought it was actually interesting. He says, the weapons room can't get the signal from the Sword of Omens. I thought that was really interesting. So that room is really like, I guess, I don't know, like, what the hell, what kind of, like, protective coating does it have in there that the Sword of Omens can't get through? I don't know. I guess it's to keep anybody else from getting in, too. Except for Mumra, who knows the ancient secret of opening the door. Oh, my God. That was amazing. They're using an Egyptian thing? Oh. So, David, we actually have some trivia from the Thundercats Wikipedia they delivered this week. Which was, Mumra and Vultureman do not appear in this episode, in case your eyes deceived you. There's also some goofs. In the shot of Panther, Tigra, and Chitara in the Feliner, there are a number of errors. Chitara's staff is on her forearm when it's supposed to be back in Third Earth. Smart, Chitara, smart. Yep. The lines defying the inside of Panther's arms disappear for a frame. The black panther head is missing from Tigra's Thundercats insignia. And then after Slythe opens fire on Lionel in Castle Plunder, Yep. Lionel, you saw this, right? Lionel yells, yells "ho," which lengthens his sword. We see that the eye of Thundera is open, but when it goes up to a close shot of him, the eye is closed. And then, during the battle in Castle Plunder, a shot of Lionel shows a in forest backdrop instead of the castle interior. Remember, I said I saw a bunch of these things, and I found something in the next episode we're doing. Oh as well. well, the next one is even better. So Zach, when he was on our show, he mentioned the hear the roar of unofficial and unauthorized guide to the hit 1980 series Thundercats by David Crichton. It has an episode guide and each episode actually has the accompanying writer, David, to see what they were thinking of when they wrote this episode. So it says the trouble with the Thunder Kittens, they gave it a 3.5. Out of 5? Out of 5. And it says the writer, Kimberly Morris, this was the first script I wrote and I met with Peter Lawrence trying the process. He was a good teacher and by the time I finished 
finished the script, I felt like I had an education in writing from animation. I approached the assignments with much more confidence. I was also reminded of what I already knew. When writing for animation, always keep in mind why and how the medium is different from live action and write it accordingly. If you're writing scenes that could just easily be filmed in live action, there's no reason to animate. However, live action special effects have come so far over the last 20 years, it's become hard to think of things that could be done only with animation. So I suppose the mandate now will be for animation to evolve in a new and creative ways. But they also write that she wrote in the review of the episode that she displays abundance of skills in children's writing, David. Featuring the Thunder Kittens often proved difficult for writers and all too commonly the characters were regarded to background fodder. Mm -hmm. Dedicating an episode, the entire story to the characters, Morris writes extremely well for the youngsters with realistic dialogue and a deep sense of empathy for a childish game that goes wrong. Although the world of Thundercats would often feature the weird and the wonderful, Trouble with Thunder Kittens is a story about children pushing the boundaries and the consequences of doing so. This added realism is both commendable and necessary for the series' longevity, acting as a moderating counterbalance to the more outlandish episodes from writers such as Bill Overgaard. And then she also has a talent for comedy throughout the episode, and it just goes on. This book truly is fantastic for insight. What did you think about this episode before we get into Mamrana? Uh, it was a solid episode. It, it kept it kept my attention. I, I I'm I'm like one of the charm ones. I usually my emotions <laughs> my emotions gave me power. So I really felt how Lino, who was been in that position probably numerous times, and we've seen mm-hmm. he's been from his own hubris and his own you know immaturity. I thought it was great. I I, I like the fact that he covered for them. I like the fact that he was willing to protect them in that way. Like again, like a protective, like a cool older brother or a not cool uncle mm-hmm. or somebody. But he's is going to still talk to them about it but it doesn't have to be where they're kind of put down by the whole right right the whole tribe you know what i mean like so it's something where he'll privately talk to them about it but th- he just backed them up he knew he kind of understands where they're coming from so that's really where i really enjoyed the episode and they learned their lesson kind of like by the end i think yeah like- so and this is part of growing up you know and when we were growing up we didn't we don't have to worry about like lizard crazy well i don't know people say there's lizard people out there but we didn't have to worry about monkey in and mumra attacking us you know what i mean so like a little less, little less. The stakes weren't quite as high, but that's what I liked about it. Of course, we'll get into the biggest bungler at the end. So let's get on to our second episode of the day. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Thunder. Thunder. Thundercats. New Thundercats Lightning Sabers with Energy Pack Light Beam. New Thundercats Lightning Sabers on target the non-visible light beam scores. New Thundercats Lightning Sabers make all Thundercats more exciting than ever before. Batteries not included. Energy Pack and figures each sold separately. It's a grand toy. 
Mumrana, episode 63 of season 1, with the original air date of December 18th of 1985. For some reason, the Rat Star, manned by the mutants, attacks the feliner, Sly the Monkey and Jackal Men are ejected from the Rat Star and fall towards the ground. They are saved from certain destruction by Mumrana, a female mirror image of Mumra, a force of good who lives in a white pyramid with white obelisks. <laughs> Mumrana is led to believe that the mutants are good and the Thundercats are evil. And David, this actually states that this is the orbit around Third Earth. So the David Crichton book says that it's the orbit around Third Earth that they fall down in. So she is on Third Earth, <laughs> which makes no sense to me. Yeah, I always thought it was a different planet because I just think it's a little like you never see it. So again, this kind of shatters our view of like when you see when you saw maps of Third Earth on the back of like, uh, you know, where's the White Pyramid <laughs> people? But then again, there's a lot of things that weren't in, in it. So Maybe it wasn't mapped out accordingly, actually, right? Like, maybe the the map wasn't complete, because they're, it's so treacherous. So that is interesting. It's actually also interesting, David, that the Rat Star is being used by the mutants without Rataro or any mention of it, because it was destroyed the last time we saw it. Anyway. I also found it interesting that they were using laser whiskers that were coming out of the... St- I thought that was so creative, when he's like, we'll give him a tickle of the whiskers or something like that, and... It- it spins around. Got to tickle him with the cat's whisper. Love that the feliner does that. You would be vomiting your guts out of spinning around that much. Even Chitara can't take all that spin. She even looks older. <laughs> Oh, here it is. Get to tickle them with the cat whiskers is the quote that Panthro says. Now that sounds a little more dirty. Sounds a little more dirty than, than it should. Um, Wiley Kit says, UFO on a collision course. And it was the Rat Star. As soon as we reach orbital velocity, your course is 779er, Delta Quadrant. 779er, Delta. You got it. Let's hope the iron belt is clear. I want to get some good laser maps of the star system. <gasps> So again, they're out. Chitara mentions she's going to plot the stars in the galaxy. So, so here's the thing. Let's get back to the actual, the meat and potatoes of the story, as they would say. The mutants saved by Mamrana because they're falling to third earth third earth evidently didn't you think it was interesting it's a perfect counterbalance to the beginning of the season when they come across the black pyramid yes yes it's very much so very much so they actually say that they're like it's exactly like mumras but white (laughs) probably difficult to clean that pyramid it's exactly like mumras pyramid except it's all white Welcome, good people. (laughs) Good people? Us? Who? Who are you? I am Mumrana, the Merciful. Do I get no thanks for saving your lives? Mumrana the Merciful? We are mutants from the planet Plunder. We have no need for thanks. Then you are evil, and I have no need for you. 
ancient spirits of goodness, transform this gentle form to Mamrana, the ever-good! Leave here, mutants from the planet Plundar. Go! So, the few things that I wanted to mention. One, this is what now now it makes more sense to me by why Mumra. So, there's a point where she's going to push the mutants out of the pyramid because they're evil, right? And then Mumra appears. Cue Mumra from the wings, awaiting in the wings of the stage. Yeah. And he's like, I knew about you. <laughs> Did he really, though? Because. Make more sense that Mumra knew about her because she's on Third Earth than if she was on some rando planet. Right, right. Universe. Okay. That does make more sense. But even the fact he was there and now let me ask you something why did mumra not hatch some kind of plan against her then where he was afraid that she was going to overpower him it's the secret of the sword erasing the memories of of eternia all over again because to me mumra would have been like how can i use this other mummy for something like much long ago but okay we'll believe it we'll believe it and i'm going to tell you something else so i I don't want to jump around but at the very end mumrana becomes very weak and she has to be taken back to her pyramid. They use the feliner to take her back. Almost yes. like it seemed like they were implying that they had to take her to another planet. Get it. I really don't get it either. But then again, the feline is the only flying thing that they have. So, And it's probably quicker than the thunder tank, thunder which tank. takes 30 minutes to get to Castle Blundar. We have to give it up to the end of season one. Lynn is doing one more voice. She's like, you got one more for me? Come on. Give me a Roboto? Roboto? Roberto? What? What is is that? Vibrato. Vibrato on my voice. (laughs) And I I can do it. I have Vibrato. I actually have a lot of Vibrato. David. I wrote, it's exactly like Mumra's Pyramid, except that there's nice grass outside, too. It's really nice in there. And we just did Secret of the Sword again, and she sounds like Queen Angela. Mamrana. And the and the ancient spirits of goodness are like more like a canary. What is that? Yes, actually, what is that long nosed is that a cranky? <laughs> ancient spirits of Thanksgiving. Thank <laughs> <laughs> God. But okay, before we get on with even this whole thing, Mumrana is flesh-colored. She's not really wrinkled in the sense of Mumra. So is it the evil transformed him into this creature? And she has, she's good. I mean, so she, she basically, her. she looks like me after a double shift at work. That's what she looks like ah. at the end of the day. <laughs> she's got like... Haggard, haggard, just haggard. Or or she's working the streets, or she's working the street. you know, she might have been working the streets or something, but... Because they do give her like dark circles under her eyes, right? That's her mummy form. She's like wrinkled under her eyes only. She's just like, I would have oh. said ancient spirits of goodness. Send my Amazon package. <laughs> send paramedics. Concealer, send concealer from Ulta or Sephora to me. So she transforms David using the ancient spirits of good, like you said, the, the various birds. Transform this fragile, gentle form, a gentle form to Mamrana, the ever good. David, this has been a running joke with us since kids. Why did they do Mamrana wrong? Why did they give her such strong 
Legs. Why did, why did she have a rubber ducky on her on her? Is that her <laughs> totem? Her totem on her headpiece. Leah had mentioned that once. Before I know. Too. I'm, I'm, I'm basically quoting Leah on this <laughs> no, one. The rubber ducky. She rubber does have ducky. a rubber ducky. You're the one. She's powerful, just like Mumra. <laughs> Nicely done, Mamrana. <laughs> Perfect. You know of me? I am Mamra. I know everything. <laughs> she is good, Mamra. Perhaps we can use her to seize the Sword of Omens. Yes? But first... She must be tamed. <laughs> so, good Mamrana. Now that we have met, <laughs> we must work together. I do not know you, and I do not need to work with you. You will obey me! Never! Good shall never succumb to evil. I gotta tell you, she seems like she's more powerful than Mumra. Not well, against him. I wanted, I wanted to get into that. So let's do this. Mumra comes. Oh, he yes, does. He does overpower her with mind control, and then he goes to the cat's lair. Of course, they can't just go right up on the cat, so they have to hide in the bushes <laughs> as usual. I don't understand this. If you're gonna go get somebody, then just do it. Don't like, don't be hiding in the bushes. But he says, David, she must be tamed first. Tamed. So she's a wild beast to him. I can't be tamed. <laughs> Listen, Miley. Miley. <laughs> He, he tells her that the Thundercats are bad, the mutants are good, he puts her in a trance, and then, this is the best part of the whole episode. <laughs> the best! So he says, the cat's lair, and she's like, Rah! The cat's lair! Like, she does this primal, scary growl thing that, like, she's about to, like, rip them to actual shreds. <laughs> That's it, and it cuts, that's it. That's the cut. <laughs> and he kind of whispered at David. He's like, the cat's lair. And then she just screams. Now, there you go. <laughs> that's when Mumra's like, you know, this might be the beginning of a beautiful relationship. So they attack. They attack David, but she literally blows Tigra and Lionel and Snarfer in the, the command center. And they, they spot Mumra in the ever-living form next to her. They go, my God. And no, they don't say that. And she blasts the head off the cat's lair. Mumra hasn't done this. So is it because, this is what I came up with, David, that she never uses her power and Mumra has been using it now week after week after week and Mumran has been sleeping maybe for thousands of years. So she has the strength to do this. So I'm going to possibly agree with you to some degree because fast forward, there's a point where they're both sitting on thrones in Mumra's <laughs> pyramid. He's like, and he basically is like telling her the ins and outs of being an ever living. He's like, we can leave our pyramids, but we have to recharge. Now go back to your pyramid and take a nap, bitch. Yeah, He's like, you can't sleep in this chair. You have to go home. I'm not letting you sleep in my apartment. My, my housekeeper's coming in a little while. My <laughs> girlfriend's coming. 
Sorry. You can't be here. Sorry. We may leave our pyramids, Mamrana, but we pay a price. Now it is time to return to our crypts. Isn't it funny though? He's always ready to put something in that throne room. He's got the Chitara table that he examined her on. Now he's got an extra chair that he just kind of is like, oh my god, he really does need a lonely. He's lonely. He so anyway, friend. let's go back. Mamra, Mamrana and Mamra attack. Mamrana easily takes care of the Sword of Omens, Lion-O, and everything. Now, here's my thought on this. The Sword of Omens wasn't all in because Mamrana's good. Yes, you were so smart, David. So it kind of accepted it, right? It kind of just was like, well, it was more during the, It was more defensive than offensive. And then we do follow that up with, hi, Jaga, by the way, Return of Jaga. It's been a while time. Been a long time. Been a long time. I shouldn't have left you. <laughs> Without a dope spirit to step to. Lino, the last time I saw you is when I said, Oh, you don't need my help for the trials? But now I remember I'm Lino. She is good. She is good. <laughs> She's good. good. And then Tiger's like, what did he say, Lionel? Tell us. We have to remind her that she's loved. It's a ghost whisperer. Jaga said she's loved. <laughs> she's good. But it makes sense. And despite the fact that we do make fun of Jaga with his sort of like... Dramatic? Dramatic. 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 Non. Just to the point. He's bored too with his life. He has to pick fights with the Lord of the Thundercats. <laughs> He's bored with his afterlife. So basically he reminds Lionel that Mamran is good. They do shackle them, Thundercats. Yeah, because Mumra smart he transports the mutants behind them and they literally i don't know where they get these chains from but they chain them their feet i'm gonna be honest with you if i was mumra i would have beat the thundercats a long time ago oh beat them yeah it's so easy but then he wouldn't have met mumrana mumrana and her legs of fury so the mutants and shackle and snarf and tigra and mumrana exiles them to a barren wasteland of third earth thundercats you are condemned to wander in exile for all eternity. Okay, Mamrana. It was right next to Castle Plundar. She don't know any- Mamrana is half-hearted in this. This is not exile. This is not wandering the desert. She literally took them to outside of Castle Plundar. So- while in exile, David, this is when Jaga informs Lionel that Mamrana is good, but caught in Mamra's spell. If they can convince her that they are good too, it should break the spell. Tigra then makes his way to Castle Plundar. This is the easiest place to get into as well. Mm, Castle Everton, Thunder Kittens, Tigra, Willa, Nada. No, no age restrictions. Did you notice though they kind of had a new, It's like a, it was like a stone that turned its head, kind of like watching things outside of Cat's Lair? It's the new door knocker. We get the return of another spirit, a floating parchment paper that's Tigra saying that the richest Tabit is going to be out and about tomorrow and they got to get Mamrana, pick her up and meet them in the forest because they're going to rob this Tabit. No! What is it? A spirit coming toward us. It's for Mumra, he says. Melchior, the richest tabbit of all, will ride tomorrow through the forest of unicorns. We are to summon Mumrana and attack! <laughs> By the way, the mutants are already planning what part of Third Earth they're going to take over to. They're splitting it up, at least. Meet me at my spot. Cordova. 
So the next day, they see a tabbit riding on a donkey. The tabbit turns out to be Lionel. By the way, does everyone turn into a tabbit? Is this like the, this is the Queen Angela Snuggie? Because I swear they've done this before. This tabbit look. And Lionel specifically. I think he dressed up as a tabbit. Was it? Or Are we talking about when this when he broke the sword of omens fighting Tigra? That was a different form. I swear that Lionel dressed up as a tabbit too at one point. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he, he likes they look like a like a, a swashbuckler. Like they should be the three musketeers or something. Yes, pig, like three musketeers, yeah. Pirate boots, gold. Yeah! Mm. One thing I wanted to mention, which is a mistake in this episode, is when Lionel and Tigra are trying to climb up Cat's lair. So the claw shield rope gets interchanged with Tigra's whip at some point. Yes. So Lionel's using Tigra's whip as opposed to the claw shield. So there, that was a mistake in animation. But, you know, it is what it is. They got Mumra Mail from the spirit I wrote before, by the way. And they said, this tabbit fakes back. <laughs> <laughs> it's one feisty, I like a feisty tabbit. That's when Sly's asthma returns. I can't take this tiger. <laughs> My asthma. So I have <laughs> acid reflux. Acid reflux, Mumra. So <laughs> the tabbit turns out to be Lido in disguise. He succeeds in convincing Mumrana that the Thundercats are good. Very easy, by the way. We're good, Mumrana. And then she just grabs her head like that's all it took. Arr! What did I do? And she breaks the spell. She traps the mutant and returns the Sword of Omens back to Lionel. They tricked me, Lionel. Now I will free your Sword of Omens. Greatly angered by the turn of events, Mumra arrives and attacks both Lionel and Mumrana. Lionel summons the other Thundercats, and they arrive swiftly in the Feliner. Upon seeing his reflection in the shiny surfaces of the Feliner, yeah, they do a drive-by. <laughs> It's just like, mm. yeah, but there's a point where Mumrana says, No, Lionel. Yes. <laughs> I must strike in my turn. And because Lionel goes to protect her, which, I, again, <laughs> thank you, Lionel. I wish you'd protect me with your beautiful this is big my sword. Fight. Of <laughs> with your big sword of moments? Well, I'll take the little dagger too, but. <laughs> I'm not I'm not that type of person, Lionel. I just like you for you. Anyway. No, Lionel. This is my fight. Good against evil. Mum was like, I can't even go by vehicles anymore. He can't even see a car now. The shining reflection. He's like, <laughs> I remember 2023 when all the cars were metallic and shiny. No more. When this was second Earth. <laughs> For the viewer's sake, I'm assuming, Lionel screams out, he can't stand his reflection. They know it. And Mumran is standing right next to him, so he wasn't screaming it for her. So he's giving the viewers another reminder. He can't stand his reflection, Thundercats. Drive by again. Drive by again. <laughs> it's Mumra's reflection. He cannot withstand the face of his own evil. 
so Mamrana falls to the ground in her purple. Oh, so do you think that? Do you think that if she was stronger, she would have just taken on Mumra? That's the thing. She was weak. It's so weird because in the pier- in her pyramid, he shot one thing and got her, but then at the same time, she's able to, like we said, I think she, I think she got. I think she just got taken off guard at first. She seems a little naive for mommy. That's she does her. actually. You're right. She's kind of like years. good, bad, oh. Yes. But then <laughs> C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. Oh, cookie, cookie, cookie starts with C. So like David mentioned earlier, they have to rush her in the feliner to her white pyramid somewhere on third earth. All it takes is a dip into her. Sarcophagus. She doesn't even have like a psycho. She has like a, she has like a, I bet you there's no stakes under that bed though. She has like a satin, satin bed and she, she just goes in and she's up. She's like, oh. I just took a power nap. You know what they always say? Those th- there's some saint. Well, this is for like the Catholic religion, but there's saints that are preserved. That's Mamrana. She's like a preserved saint thrown on a pedestal. She's like, oh, I just I have the I have the the new iPhone two two hundred two hundred lightning charging station. <laughs> Can you remove this collar from me, muscle man? Angela, see our secret of the sword review. So she basically, again, this is again where now the Thundercats have yet again created another ally. She says, if you ever need me, just call on me. Every week I'd be calling on her. You saved me, Lionel. If ever you need my power, you have only to summon me. I won't forget that, Mumrana. We can only defeat evil if we work together. the trivia david this episode introduces the character of mumrana who is similar and the polar opposite of mumra when mumrana is under the spell the dove symbol on her helmet changes into two snakes like mumra oh it's a dove david it's a dove oh here we go lionel disguises himself as a tabit in this episode in the earlier episode the Thundercutter, the evil ninja okay had disguised himself as the tabit okay this is the first episode in which the rat star appears by neither of its regular pilot or taro or vulture man instead it is piloted by the regular mutants oh those regular mutants <laughs> they're lower not chic at all not chic at all no chic when lion or tiger are talking while in exile tiger's boots are completely closed covering his tiger feet i just called it the tiger feet it doesn't say that in tiger's normal design his toes are always exposed <laughs> feet being held nunchucks by slive and now this <laughs> so to journey back to david Crichton's book mamrana is given four stars and it also marks the swan song of bob hanley one of the most creative and able writers to ever grace the series it says as usually hanley script races along, opening with a surprise reappearance of the Rat Star, although no explanation is given for the omission of Rotaro. The parallels played throughout the story appealing for children and the age-old conflict between good and evil is explained in more detail. The hugely enjoyable Mamrana does lack the thoughtfulness of Hanley's previous scripts. The Thundercats are condemned to wander the exile for all eternity, declares Mamrana, only to be transported to the place of exile is close to Castle Plundar. The use of the tired Mumra reflection device also seems uncharacteristically unimaginative for a writer of Hanley's caliber. Nonetheless, there is plenty to entertain here, and for the sheer originality of the idea makes it a highlight of the final episodes from the first season. And the script editor Peter Lawrence says, In another time, in another place, I would have developed Mamrana 
as a recurring character torn between her innate good and her mumra induced evil so they were going to keep this going then or maybe she was going to have like a split personality (laughs) (laughs) i had given her a lot more free will in her decisions made her quite conflicted i would have worked with the ancient spirits of good however by the time this story came along we were too far into the show to introduce such fundamental changes and themes I don't think so. They introduced the ancient spirits of goodness in this episode anyway. We had our hands full with the world that we had developed and spawned across the production landscape. It was all we could to bring some sense of order to it without going off in yet another dimension. I realize now that Bob was a better writer than I gave him credit for, and I wonder why we didn't use him more often. I do recall that he was rather slow sometimes, a little awkward to work with. That's not intended as a criticism or or means to sideswipe. Often talent Talented writers with strong views are awkward to work with, but worth it for the ideas they bring. Unfortunately, when the production schedule is insane, they are sometimes not given the time and consideration they need to produce their best work. So what would you give Monrana before we get into our biggest bungler? Well, that just makes my day. That just that just tickles me. Um, I would give it a solid four, four and a half, because I really love the idea of having that counterpart. I really wish there was more Mumra on Mumrana fighting. Yes. Mummy on mummy fighting. Is that what you're encouraging? Yes, mummy yes, on yes, mummy fighting. Yes. <laughs> I really feel like I wish they would have done more with her in, in the you know, yes. coming in the future because of the fact that I just thought it was really interesting because, you know, again, fundamentally, this is always about good versus evil. And Mamra is always trying to say that evil is more powerful and will always exist. And yes, as long as there are people that are corrupt, that have, you know, hatred in their heart and different things much like the world we live in our world second earth there's always going to be evil because you have people that have it in their in their mind their hearts whatever their soul whatever you want to say so i would have liked to have heard it had a more active role and maybe them come to her to help like get rid of spells or or help them oh yes mythical things magical yeah so oh I, lo- I love that david and i truly enjoyed it and i guess it is that fundamental of for everything evil there's a counterbalance i think even like in star wars the force darth vader's here so you have to counterbalance it with luke and leia kind of thing like there's always like a light and a dark side well that pretty much is life in a way you have good people you have bad people you have people in between that are struggling this is all this is this is a metaphor for life in general you have people that do take joy in harming others others and and creating riffs and you know much like the people that were on tiktok attacking shira <laughs> the original shira there's room at the table for everyone people including the new one and the old one why does everyone have to be so like grr about everything with that being said we have one more thing to take care of bangra you bangra once again you have Okay, David, with the trouble with the Thunder Kittens, or trouble with Thunder Kittens, Thunder Kittens, I think, not saying it the first time when they could have gotten this done. That sealed it. It was an obvious choice from the beginning, but if they would have just messed with the weapons and put them back, or didn't feel like they needed to take everybody's weapon, they're like, oh, by the way, oh, this is Snarf's Melon Baller. I'm going to take this too, because he might have to black and play with this. Oh, oh. No, his pots and pans. This is Chitara's Leotard. I'm going to use that too. I mean, come on, dude. You took 
basically took everything. What about her cape that she has on her? Yeah, like, oh, they had the cape too. Why didn't we take clothes. the thunder tank too while we're at it? Yeah, I, obviously they're the biggest bunglers because they could have come about in a different way and said, "Can we try?" Like I actually don't believe that if they had gone to Panthro or somebody said. Yeah. We want to learn more training. Can you help us? I don't think it would have been immediately, here's a gun and go start shooting things, but it would have been, okay, let's talk about this. What do you want to learn? Well, I want to be better with my balance and I want to learn, you know, this, that. Because they are warriors. They're part of a team that has to well, fight. Well, when they're fighting Mumra, thing. when they're able to fight Mumra, then they sh- they're good enough then, right? So <laughs> anyway. That we're good enough. Okay. And then... Mumrana, I actually have a hard time coming up with a bungler. Besides, I guess, Mumra knowing about Mumrana but not doing anything sooner with her? Although it didn't work out in his favor anyway, so I guess it really isn't a bungle. I mean, we don't have to have a bungler, right? I no, guess. we no, we do. And now we're gonna hash <laughs> we're gonna hash this out until we get a bungle. Even if we're on this podcast for another three hours talking about this. So when you think about it, the biggest bungler. I would have to say... I'm actually going to give it to Mamrana as the biggest bungler, and I'm going to tell you why. Because we mentioned that she's a little dupe to do <laughs> she, She's inherently good, right? She personifies yes. all that is good. You're telling me that just by Mumra's sheer presence that she couldn't tell he was evil and she couldn't have put her defenses up and maybe used that extra power boost that she could take down the cat slayer and, and the Sword of Omens with? In her own pyramid. And not use it against Mumra. So I think she bungled because she underestimated or she was... I don't know. Like, listen, she seemed like she was pretty awake when she was <laughs> pushing the mutants out of the pyramid. When she was when she was pissed that they didn't thank her, she, should she have gotten the lesson, actually, David, that did you do it for thanks or did you do it because it was the right thing to save the mutants? She's like, manners. But, but, but then again, you know, her pyramid isn't dusty, Ryan, so maybe she expects a little more decorum. I actually, you know what, God, you gave me an idea. I'm going the ancient spirits of goodness because they didn't say, wake up, Mamrana, wake up, girl. Nothing. They didn't put their. And we arms all know up. the ancient spirits of evil get pissed off at Mumra all the That's time. That's what and I'm tell saying. Him, they tell them stuff all the time. They could have been like, Mumra, you're not good up. enough. You're not smart enough. You're not fast <laughs> enough. And gosh darn it, nobody likes you. And you haven't washed that cape in a long time, and we're starting to smell it, Mumra. Get something new. <laughs> put some clothes on. Put some jewels on. Put those Elizabeth Taylor earrings and necklace on that we've told you to put on. How many times? Next, give him next week. He'll redress it up and drag. So I'm going to say she bungled in the sense that uh, maybe she's been asleep for a long time, but I'm sorry. Like, think about if some, she was fully awake. She wasn't like she just popped no, out. Yeah. She already was pushing the mutants out right, using her power. And she was already in Mamrana form. She wasn't in the, she wasn't no. in the fragile, gentle spirit form or whatever it was. So she messed up. She a bungler. Mum was like, well, you have a quite a nice restroom in here. Because <laughs> he came out of nowhere. Do you have Tootin' Tiny's formula like I do? Oh my god, he was raiding her, her medicine cabinet while he was waiting. Yeah, while well, he's like looking. Oh, oh I could tell. Oh, oh, Xanax. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Clear, Cleopatra Xanax. Yes, yes, I must take this. Oh, That's oh, why she's oh, so oh, calm. God. This, the hair is so silky. Oh God, oh God. It's a bottle. It's a bottle of Redken from from, okay. from, from, from from second from second Earth. Oh, it's in perfect condition. I'm taking it. Oh, mascara, cover girl. Oh, 
bottle of Gina Tay that she has in her in her. Oh god! Oh, oh, oh. Silk, silk. She has silk underwear. Oh god! Silk underwear. I must have this. Maybe he was in there the whole time, and he didn't realize that anyone was there until the mutants <laughs> came in. He's like, "Oh, the mutants are here!" Reversible cape, reversible cape. Oh, oh god, yes, reversible cape. Oh god, yes. Let me put it on. It feels like butter, butter. Oh my god! Actually, the biggest bungler is Mumra not being Mumrana as his alter ego, his drag. <laughs> I am Mumrana. Now you know that the, that don't that outfit's never gonna fit me. She's got some thighs on her. She's a thickums. He's like, I'm gonna. Oh god, I'm gonna have to take this in. I'm gonna have to take this dress in. I'm gonna take these pants in. Oh, bigger legs than Mumra. She's got bigger legs from Mumra for no reason. I gotta take these in. These original Levi's five hundred one jeans. Oh my god. She bungled. She bungled. The Thunder Kittens bungled. But guess who didn't bungle? You out there listening to our all new episode. Thank you. Of course, we have that big finale next month, bunglers. It's the finale of season one. And we're going out with a bang. We got the shifter and fond memories. Thanks for the memories. We'll see how Mumra decides to wrap up season one. As always, you can reach David at Universal Appeal 2020, all one word, and the Radical Retro Rewind podcast, one word, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, everywhere podcasts are available. Tell your mother, tell your friends, tell your grandparents. Pretend that even if if some of that you don't even know, sign them up for the podcast. Just do it. Just do it. You're on my power, my Mumra power. Thank you again for Leah for the audio. Thank you for everyone who's listening and your love and support. We will see you next month and the finale. David, Thundercats, ho. Ancient spirits of goodness, <laughs> who are you calling a ho? <laughs> time inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.